In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Latin title for the third Sunday in Lent is Oculi. It means my eyes, and it comes from Psalm 25, where it says, my eyes, oculi, are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Psalm 25 also gave us the title for last week. In the season of Lent, our eyes are ever turned toward our Lord Christ, who plucks us out of the net of sin by his death for us on the cross. Though we were lonely and afflicted apart from him, we are now reconciled to God the Father and heirs of eternal life. This week we shift into the second article of the Apostles' Creed. The Creed, as we've learned, is a short summary of our biblical faith. To make it easier to understand, we divide it into three articles, one for each person of the Trinity. In the first article, we confess that God the Father is the maker of heaven and earth, who rather than be disconnected from his creation, attaches himself to it. He daily and richly provides for all our needs of body and soul. In the second article, we confess our faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Today we confess that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, who is also man, born of the Virgin Mary, is our Lord. Much ink has been spilled concerning this topic in church history, and you can understand why. Next to the mystery of the Trinity, this is probably the second most difficult question. How can Jesus be both God and man? A lot of ink has been spilled, some of it good, but a lot bad. As with the Trinity, if you start to explain the doctrine of Christ outside of what the scriptures plainly say, that's where you start to run into problems. In some cases, you can find yourself in the realm of heresy or even outside the Christian faith, as with the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses. In order to avoid that, let's stick with what the scriptures say about Jesus. And we'll start with his own words. About himself, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. In his prayer on the night he was betrayed, called the high priestly prayer, Jesus prayed this, I am coming to you, Holy, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And he said, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus once said to those who did not believe in him, If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. Jesus clearly and consistently preached that he is God 
and equal with God the Father. The miracles he performed bear witness to this fact. He healed the sick. He made the lame to walk, the blind to see. He cast out demons, as we heard about in the gospel today. He even raised the dead on a few occasions, not including his own resurrection from the dead on Easter. The witness of all the scriptures is that Jesus is God. We all know the disciples' confession of faith when Jesus asked them who they thought he was. Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We'll hear Thomas's confession the Sunday after Easter that Jesus is Lord and God. In the Christian church, we believe the witness of the scriptures and the words of Jesus himself, that he is God. Jesus is the second person of the Holy Trinity. He is eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty. He, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, is the only true God. He is of the same essence, the, the same substance as the Father. He was begotten of the Father before time existed. It is through Christ that all things were made. In short, and I know that this is something we know, but it's worth saying for the record, in the Christian church, we believe, teach, and confess that Jesus Christ is true God. We also confess that Jesus is true man. How does that work? Again, it's best if we stick to the words of Scripture. St. Paul teaches us about this in the epistle for Palm Sunday, so we'll hear it in just a few weeks. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." St. Paul also said to the Galatians, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. We confess in the second article that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. He, with the Father and the Spirit, has existed eternally in the unity of the Holy Trinity. Before the world or time existed, He was. Yet, in our time, Jesus has become man. He did this not by changing from God into man, but by taking humanity into Himself. In himself, Jesus unites both the divine and human natures. He is not 50-50 or 
some mixture of God and man like we would with a, a can of frozen juice. No. In Jesus is united at one and all times divinity and humanity. When we say that Jesus is man, we mean that he is human in every way that we are. It says in Hebrews, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. He had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. The key and only difference between Jesus' humanity and ours is this. That while we were conceived of the sinful seed of our fathers, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. In a way unknown to us, the Holy Spirit overshadowed the Virgin Mary, and she conceived apart from the will of man. From that moment, Jesus became in every way as we are. He was an unborn child in the womb. He was born and grew up. He suffered hunger and thirst. He worked and slept. He suffered anxiety and loss. He was tempted. He died. We believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God who some 2,000 years ago became flesh and blood for us. He didn't change from God to man, nor was he some mixture of the two. He is, even now, fully God and fully man. But why do this? Most of us have been alive long enough to know hardship. We know that life is both difficult and expensive. If you didn't have to, why would you do this? And I'm being cynical, I know. The answer is simple. Jesus became man out of his own great love for us. We don't know how long it was that Adam and Eve were in the garden. Luther thinks that they ate from the tree the very first Sunday after they were created. By their sin, both they and we were plunged headlong into the mire. Born in sin, we are unable to live without it. Our attempts to do so always fail. Born in sin, we cannot free ourselves from sin. But someone can. That's why Jesus became flesh and blood. He took on our flesh and willingly made himself subject to the law so that he might fulfill the law for us. He came to fulfill the law in our place and then give himself as the payment for our sins on the cross. By his death, he atoned for our sins and displaced the wrath of God from us. He redeemed us. And all of this is contained in that one word, Lord. 
Let's end our time together by, by reading the first two paragraphs of the meaning to the second article. Together. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.